when we will plan to complete the second perek with this daf. Mishnah. Someone says, I'm going to be a Nazir when I have a son. And in addition, he also takes upon himself another Nazirut for himself that will be for 100 days. This is a variation of uh, Mishnah we saw previously. Uh, now, so what, what's that going to happen? No, lad lo ben, ad shibim lo hifsid kelum. So the way it would work is that he has no idea when he's going to have a son. So therefore, even though he made that vow first, he begins his 100-day nizirut first. Um, and then once he has a child, he will put that on pause and do the 30 days for his child. And then he will resume the one for the 100 days for himself. So this Mishnah is coming to tell us that if the child is born um, from day one up to day 70, then he has not lost any time uh, because all, all told, uh, if he did it back to back, it will be 100 days and 30 days, so 130 days altogether. And therefore, even if he has to bifurcate the 100 days and do... Uh, up to 70, so that's fine. He will not lose anything because he'll do 70, and then he'll do the other 30, and that'll get to day 100, and then he'll still have 30 left over from the 100, and that'll get to day 130. So it really makes no difference. However, if the child is born after the 70th day, for example, 80th day, he's, he does 80 days, child is born, and now he does a nizirut of 30 days, so now he's at 110. Uh, now, although he has only 20 more days of the 100, uh, so he'll be nazir till day 130, here's the problem. He only has 20 days of hair growth because he shaved and brought his korbanot after the 30 for his son. And therefore, he's going to have to add an extra more, 10 days more. And so that's what says, soter shivim. If you take this literally, and somebody shall him do, there's many interpretations of this uh, Mishnah, uh, say that, yeah, he has to go all the way back to the beginning. But it's not, it doesn't seem uh, reasonable that he would uh, lose out all the 70. And so others interpret soter shivim simply means that he doesn't have all of the best benefit of that first period that he had, right? So up to 70, he gets all the benefit. More than 70, he's going to have to add more days to get up to 30 hair growth uh, because you cannot uh, shave your hair uh, with less than 30 days. All right, that is the Mishnah. Now, although we did interpret the previous Mishnah, which was according to the Rosh, uh, who said that when you have 30 and 30, one for himself and one for his son, and one in and it's interrupted so then you um do let's say 20 for yourself 30 for your son don't shave yet and then do the last 10 and shave and bring all the korbanot at the end of 60 days and that was an interpretation of that uh, that interpretation of that mishnah will be difficult to reconcile with this mishnah and you kind of have to um, jump through hoops to uh, explain this mishnah therefore um, I'm switching gear and explaining this Mishnah according to, to, to the Rambam. And that would mean that in the previous Mishnah, uh, that would, it would mean that uh, you would have to, if there was only 10 days since the, pre you would shave after the 30 days for the sun, and then there was only 10 days left, you'd have to add more days in order to have yet another 30. Um, so this is that's probably the best way to interpret um, uh, this Mishnah uh, uh, most clearly and uh, fit it fit the previous Mishnah with this one. All right, there are many interpretations of these Mishnayot. 
and um, that that's um, uh, so I'm going to pick that one for now. All right, Amar Rav Yom Shivim. It doesn't uh, make that much difference for this um, for the Gemara. Amar Rav Yom Shivim Ole Lekan Ulekan Tenan. So Rav saying that the seventieth day itself can actually do double duty uh, because since he did seventy days and the, and the child was born on that very day, and so in the morning he was a nazir. Four counts for the hundred days, um, and so part of the day is like the whole thing. And then he starts his nizirut on the day that the child is born, which is also happens to be the seventh day. That also counts as number one for the thirty, which means he can shave for the son's nizirut on day ninety nine, right? Seventy to ninety nine, including the seventieth and ninety ninth day is thirty days. Um, and then he can then uh, continue and actually he'll be done at day one twenty nine. So Rav is saying it's actually a good deal. He saves uh, he saves. All right, now we're gonna have the challenge Rav from our Mishnah, first from the Resha. Our Mishnah said that if the child is born anywhere until 70 days, he hasn't lost anything. But hold on, Rav. If you think that the 70th day does double duty, then not only does he not lose, he actually gains a day. Um, so it should not say not lose, it should say gain. And actually he would gain even if it was any time before the 70, that they would do double duty. So we answer, you're right, we're not being exacting when we said uh, 70, we really could have said 71. And because... Um, on day 70, he would even gain a day. And the reason why it says 70 in the Resha is because of the continuation of the Mishnah, where it says after 70, then that's going to break. He's going to lose out on uh, the extra days that he does, that he keeps as a Nizirut past 70. So that's why in the Resha says 70, even though it's not quite exact. All right, we'll accept that, but now let's check the Sefa. Did the Sefa really have to say 70? Is that exact? So in the Sefa it says if the child is born after 70, then you have to, you're going to end up losing out days from that first period that was 70 plus whatever. Um, so now this is actually now a challenge to Rav, because that's not true. Um, if it's born after 70, what's after 70? 71, right? According to Rav, 70, that 71st day will do double duty and count as the 71st day and also as the first day of the next one, which means he'll do from 71 till 100, and then he'll have only 29 days left. And so he's perfectly fine. He can, he can complete it. In the same amount, 29 days left. 29 is not enough. You have to add one more because you need 30 days of hair. Well, that'll end on 130. So actually, he's not losing out if it's 71, right? That would be a perfect amount. That would be exactly, uh, um, would exactly end up at 130. <clears throat> Um, so therefore, it doesn't. It's not, it's not true that it's exactly seventy. So we'll answer for Rav to say what does it mean achad when it says after. It doesn't mean one day after. It means achad achad two days after. If it's seventy-two, then seventy-two can count for both. Great, and so that he'll end up at one hundred and one. But he needs another twenty-eight days. Twenty-eight days is not enough. 
So I have to end, end, add, uh, add 30 days, it's going to end at 131. So it's only once, uh, once it gets to 72, that is when he's losing out on that extra day that he, he was a Nazir. And so we can interpret Achar to mean two days after, not, not literally uh, immediately after 70. Okay, Gemara asks, And what if it was day 71? Then, then you would agree, right? That he doesn't lose out any days. But then it doesn't make sense. Why would you pick 70, uh, then say 71, right? Why are you rounding it out in the Sefa, right? Why say if he was born until 70, he didn't lose anything uh, in the Resha? He should just say if he didn't, if he was born after 71, he doesn't lose anything. Um, and that should be in the Resha and the Sefa. Rather, you can't say uh, afterwards means 72. After 70 means 71. That's the break-off point. And therefore, this does not actually fit according to Rav. This phrase, all means to say it means. And this also is a challenge for Rav. And that's what we conclude, that it's going to be very difficult to reconcile Rav with the statement of our Mishnah, because our Mishnah seems to assume that uh, 70 only counts for the previous. When the child is born, you have to start from day 71. And that will go from 71 till 100, and then you have 30 more days, and that's fine. That is would be the maximum that you can have before, in which you would not lose days. Even if you have just 71, then the next day, Start then when the child is born, you have to start at 72. Then you end up at 101, then you have to go to 131, and you lose days. So um, uh, the Mishnah is in fact a challenge according to Rav. It doesn't mean that Rav is wrong, right? Rav can hold his own, it's just that the Mishnah will not agree with him. Okay, So Rav, who which Tana are you following? Sometimes we do say that Rav himself has the status of a Tana, he's kind of in between, and so we can argue, but uh, we would like to find a Tana, if possible, that Rav agrees with. And so here, there's a one candidate number one, in the following, it's actually Tosefta in Moed Katan, Abba Shaul is going to talk about uh, laws of mourning. If someone, buries their uh, their relative uh, three days before, three days or more, uh, before a holiday, before one of the Shalosh uh, Regalim. So, Batla Mimenu Gezerat Shiva, or any Yom Tov, um, then he uh, doesn't, then it breaks the seven, right? Even though generally uh, someone will be in mourning for seven days, as long as he did days one, two, and three, and then, then if day four or, or four, five, or six are Yom Tov, then that breaks the seven. He doesn't have to sit shiva anymore. He doesn't have to, um, you know, not wear not wear shoes or all the other re- restrictions of seven. Okay, we, we follow this halacha today as well. Although today we don't, um, even if someone did date only one day, uh, if they sat just for one day and then the holiday comes, it breaks even the three. But according to this uh, statement, the first three are uh, much more severe than the rest of the seven. So you need to have a, at least that first three. Okay, now this Baraita continues. If the person 
already sat Shiva, and already the eighth day uh, started um, before the Yom Tov comes, then the, since he already did the Shiva, it's not going to break the Shiva. Instead, it will break the 30-day mourning period in which the mourner is not allowed to take a haircut. And so because the holiday came, so the joy of the holiday counteracts the sadness of the mourning, and the person can sh- uh, take a haircut, shave, before the holiday begins in honor of the Yom Tov. However, if he does not take that opportunity to take a, take a haircut before the holiday in honor of the holiday, then he loses his chance and he was not allowed to take a haircut, not during the holiday and not after the holiday. During the holiday, right, is also a problem um, because that's the Gezera, you should have done it before. And even after the holiday, when generally, pe- generally people are allowed, since you didn't shave for the holiday, so you, you didn't, uh, that's the whole point of breaking the 30, is to show that we're so happy for the 30, for the, for the Yom Tov. But obviously you weren't so happy for the Yom Tov because you didn't take a haircut. So that's why you were allowed to take a haircut for the holiday, after the holiday, and there's no point in allowing the person to take a haircut anymore. Uh, so I asked it before. All that is Tanakama. Abba Shaul Omer, Afilu lo siper kodam haregel motar saper achat haregel. She, kishem she misvat sheloshan batel gezerat shiva, kach misvat shiva me batel gezerat sheloshim. Abba Shaul is more lenient. And he says, even if he didn't, for whatever reason, take a haircut before the Yom Tov begins, he can still, uh, he is still allowed to take a haircut after Yom Tov ends. Why? Because it's the, it's a parallel law. Just like um, when the Yom Tov comes, if you already did three days, then the Yom Tov will break the seven. Breaks the seven for everything, right? And now you could uh, wear leather shoes and shower. It doesn't, doesn't mean you have to, even if you didn't happen to not wear leather shoes uh, before the holidays. So you could still wear leather shoes um, uh, uh, at any point. Um, so too, so too the, well, if you did this, the seven already and the Yom Tov comes, it cancels the 30. That's it. You are not a mourner of 30 days anymore. So you can shave. And it's good to shave for the holiday, but if you didn't, you can still shave afterwards. Okay, now, uh, although the text of the Baraita shows Abba Shaul disagreeing only about one point about the uh, shaving before, if you didn't shave before, you could still do it after, um, it's evident from the Gemara that he actually argued on yet another point that doesn't even have to be the eighth day. Even if it's the actual seventh day, Ed of Yom Yom Tov, is the seventh day of mourning, we count that seventh day to be the last day of mourning and also the first day of Shiloshim. Since it's also the first day of Shiloshim and Yom Tov is going to be the, the next day, so it's the, it's the last day of Shivim and uh, first day of Shiloshim. Since he started the Shiloshim, the holiday comes and breaks the Shiloshim. Don't have to wait till the eighth day. So we ask, So why does he think that um, the Shiloshim is broken by the holiday, even if he just finished the Shiva that very day? It must be because the seventh day does double duty, counts as the seventh, last day of the seven and the first day of Shiloshim. As long as you started the Shiloshim, the Yom Tov will break it. And there you go. We now we have a source, Rav, who also says that the seventh day, seventieth day, works double duty. Uh, in the case of a Nazir, would say, uh, and agrees with Abba Shaul, who says the seventh day here works double duty for the 
mourner. Okay, now we reject this. This is not a proof because maybe Abashaol would only allow a day to count double duty regarding Avelut of Shiva. Because Avelut of Shiva is Midrabanan. Midoraita, only the first days of uh, Avelut are Deoraita, and after that is Drabanan. Since it's Drabanan, it's more lenient, that's why it can work double duty. But Nazir, that's a vow that you take that has status of Deoraita. Abasha would not necessarily take use that leniency to count one day as double duty for Nazir. Uh, therefore, uh, this is no proof that Abba Shaul is the one that Rav agrees with. So, second candidate, he agrees with Rabbi Yosef. The Tanya. Rabbi Yosef says, Shomeret yom kenege yom, Shashachatu v'zarku aleha basheni shela, V'achar kach ra'ata, Rezo enah ochelet, U'petura milasot pesach sheni. Okay, this is going to be for the, from the realm of Tum'ah, uh, for a zava, if uh, a woman sees blood one day, uh, show she is a, a zava for the rest of that day. If she sees a, a, she sees blood for two days, then she's going to be tameh both of those days, and uh, she will have to go to the mikveh. Now, shomeret yom kenegedon means that she saw uh, she saw blood one day. Okay, now she has to wait the second day. Um, to make sure that she sees no blood the second day. So if she saw only for one day, then she observes herself to make sure there's no blood the second day, and she can go to the mikveh at any time during that day, and as long as she doesn't see blood till the end of the day, when the day ends and becomes night, she is tahor. This is, this is called zava ketana. It's a minor one. Only if she sees three days in a row blood, only then is she, is she a zava gedola, and then she has to wait seven clean days and bring korbanot. That's a big deal. Okay, so now we have this woman. She was tamer one day. All right, and now the second day, she is waiting, and the second day happens to be uh, the 14th of Nisan, uh, when you bring Korban Pesach. Now, because on the second day she's still Teme'ah, but she's waiting. So she can go to the Mikveh that day, and she's hoping she won't see any blood. By the way, all this is when it's when she's not expecting to see the blood of Nida. Uh, during those seven days, when she's expecting to see Nida blood, if she sees Nida blood, then she's Nida. When it's not those seven days, then any blood she sees will make her a Zava. If it's only one day, it's still Zava Ketana. So she's hoping that she won't see any more blood on that day, on the 14th of Nisan. And that way, when it gets night Time, she'll be able to participate and eat Korban Pesach. The thing is, someone has to uh, make the Korban Pesach for her. Now, it's okay, even though she's Tameh, she can join into a group and ask uh, the messenger of that group to have her in mind so that at night, when she becomes Tahar, she will be able to eat it. So, Shechatu, so they slaughtered the sacrifice and they sprinkled the blood on her behalf on the second day of her Tum'ah. Now, if she didn't see any blood, she would be totally fine, and she could eat the meat that night. But if she did see blood after she went to the mikveh, then she cannot eat that night because now she's Tamer the next day, and the next day she has to wait and see if she's going to see blood again. However, even though she cannot eat the korban, uh, she, nevertheless, she does not have to bring Pesach Sheni. Why? Someone who was Tameh the entire day and had no chance of becoming Tahor that day or that night, they cannot participate at all in the first Pesach. They have to bring Pesach Sheni. But because she 
was seemingly tahor for a portion of that day, meaning from the time she went to the mikveh until she saw blood, that part of the day she was tahor, so that when they um, uh, so that they, the, so that the korban that was brought for her on that day is a valid korban. Happens to be she can't eat it because she then became tameh later in the day, and so at night she can't eat it. But it was valid enough. So that's the opinion of Rabbi Yosef. So here's what we derive: My It must be that Rabbi Yosef thinks that the reason why this Korban Pesach is a valid Korban Pesach for her, even though she became Tameh later in the day, is because we say part of the day is like the whole day. And since she was Tehorah part of the day, from the time she went to the mikveh until she actually saw that second, uh, the second uh, stain of blood, she was tahor part of the day, and that part of the day is like the whole day. And so, whenever they made the korban for her, it was a valid korban. Ah, so there, there. So you see, uh, just like Rabbi Yosef says, a day can be have double status. That part of the day she was tahor, that's the whole day, and also part of the day she was timheah. And so the, the, the day works double duty. And so that, uh, that works with Rav, who also says the 70th day for Nazir works double duty also for the, the, the first of the next 30. Okay, then we challenge that. No, maybe the reason uh, the Biyoseh thinks it's okay is because he thinks that um, the impurity is only from now on, from the moment she sees the blood, until and, and in the future, that's when she's Tameh. Uh, but the fact that she went to the mikveh or beforehand in the morning, let's say, and she became tahor, so she is tahor that part of the day, and the tumah is only from then on, um, and uh, that's why she was tahor. Let's say it worked out the schedule. She was tahor when they made the korban pesach. So at that time she was tahor. So you have to say that part of the day is like the whole day as long as within that part of the day they did Korban Pesach, and then later in the afternoon at uh, 5 p.m., she saw blood again, and only from 5 p.m. on she's Tameh, and that would explain easily why the Korban Pesach was good, she was Tahor at that time, and why she can't eat it, because she's then Tameh afterwards. But it doesn't mean that the part of the day is like the whole day, Okay, so the, therefore Rav is not necessarily like Rabbi Yosef, like Rabbi Yosef. But when, but then we try to save it. Does Rabbi Yosef really think that um, the Tumah is only from the point of her seeing blood the second day and on? We have a Braita of Rabbi Yosei himself that talks about a Zav and Zava. We're more interested in the Zava, but it's an equivalent, uh, equivalent uh, uh, case with a Zav male who saw two, uh, twice, uh, discharges, abnormal discharges, and so that makes him, uh, that makes him a zav, a a tameh, a zav gadol, even for for a male, just seeing two, makes him a zav gadol, and uh, then they do korban Pesach for him on his seventh day, he counted seven clean days, and on the seventh day, he's hoping that he won't see any more, Um, and the same would be true for a woman, who sees once or twice, and now she has to wait only one day, 
um, that they and they for both of them they make the korban pesach. Someone does it for them on the day that they are hope to get clean after they went to the mikveh, and then on that very day later on in the day they see blood, and now they're uh, they're t- it's evident that they are tameh. They won't be able to eat the korban, even though they cause tumah for anything that they sat on um, retroactively. Uh, Zav and zava have this high level of imparting tumah, not only things that they touch, even if they sit on a cushion, on a cushion, on a cushion, something all the way un- underneath that's holding their weight will also become tameh. And that's not true. That, that's true not only from the time that they see blood on that day and on, but retroactively, even from the time that they went to the mikveh that day. So even though they're actually retroactively tameh, so they're tameh the whole day, nevertheless, they don't have to bring korban pesach. Uh, the, they don't have to bring Pesach Shani because it counts. So what you see from here is that Rabbi Yosef does not think that they are Tameh only from the time that they see blood and onwards. Actually, they are Tameh, Tameim. Uh, we'll talk about her because that's the main uh, uh, point. Uh, she is Tameh uh, retroactively from the whole day. So therefore, uh, it's not because she was Tahor at the time of uh, the uh, um, uh, of the Korban Pesach, but rather because that day serves double duty because for part of the day she was tahor, tehorah. Therefore, we consider it that she was tehorah the whole day and Koban Pesach works for her. Although also, part of the day she was teme'ah and so, so she is teme'ah and she still she, she remains a zava. And yes, uh, one day can have Dub, can work double duty according to the Biyose, and therefore Rav can be like the Biyose. And so now we say, not necessarily. When it says that she makes things that she sits on tameh, uh, uh, retroactively, that could be only midrabanan as an extra stringency. But on the Doraita level, uh, she does not on Doraita level, it's only from then on. And so it's not because the day works double duty, but because when they did Koban Pesach, she was tahor. And, uh, and not because a part of the day is like the whole day. And so therefore, it's not, the uh, Biyose is not necessarily the same as Rav. And in fact, in fact, it seems uh, to make more sense that on the Doraita level, she is Tahor during that window. She is Tahor Medoraita, right? If you think she's Temea Medoraita and Lemafreya is Temea, then why would she not have to bring Pesach Shani? The fact that she does not have, that she, the Pesach Shani works for her um, uh, evidently means that. Then during that window, she was Tahor Medoraita, and that's why the Korban Pesach worked for her. And um, this uh, retroactive Tumah is only Midrabanan, and so we do not say Mixatim Kukulo, the day does not do double duty. And sorry, this is not like Rav. All right, but then we change again. No, I can even say that the Tumah works retroactively, Midoraita, and so therefore, Midoraita, she was retroactively Tameh since the, the whole day, since even since the time, even from the time of dipping in the Mikveh until the time that she's blood. 
However, it still works that she, um, that the Korban Pesach works for her. Why? Because of a different concept called uh, um, te, te, Tehom. Uh, Tumah of Tehom is Tumah from an unknown source that we're not sure about. Generally, this refers to a grave, Tumat Met, but it's deep underground. We're not sure where it is or what it is. And here we're uh, applying it also to uh, this Zava that as she was, she didn't know what her status was um, after she went to the Mikveh until she became a Zava. So still kind of unknown source of what her status is in terms of Tumah. So even though on a Deoraita level, she will have been Teme'ah uh, retroactively, nevertheless, for the sake of Korban Pesach only, we say, since it was an unknown status, we permit this Korban Pesach that was made on her behalf. Um, and therefore, we conclude that it could be that on a Doraita level, in fact, she is Teme'ah retroactively, even on a Doraita level. But no matter what, there is no proof from here that uh, Rabbi Yoseh um, per, uh, considers this day to do double duty that she is both uh, Tahor because part of the day she was Tahor and she's Temea because part of the day was, she was Temea and therefore she, he agrees with Rav. That's not true. The reason why she is um, she can bring Korban Pesach is because a special law of Korban Pesach that if you bring Korban Pesach because of an unknown, unknowable impurity, then the Korban Pesach counts. And so even if she's Temea the whole day, Retroact turns out she was she had turned out to have been Tamar the whole day. Retroactively, the Koban Pesach still works, and not because part of the day when she was Tim it was it was Tehora is considered like the whole day. And so we do not we do not have a proof necessarily that the Biose follows Rav. Now, even though we just concluded that the Biose thinks that the Deoraita Tumah for this Shomeret Yom Keneged Yom, when she sees blood later in the day, retroactively makes her Tumah the whole day. And we concluded that that was on the Oraita level. But that was just one possibility. And now we're going to go back to the the um, possibility before we rejected uh, before we rejected it, that Rabbi Yosef thinks that it goes back retroactively only on the Drabanan level. And in fact, on a Deoraita level, she is only Teme'ah from the time she sees blood and on. And that means in between, that in between period, she is Tehora. And uh, therefore, part of the day is like a whole day. And that's why Korban Pesach works. And that, and that in that case, Rabbi Yosef would be on the side of Rav. And so we're going to go back to that and say, in other words, this Va'af could actually be following, have could have followed immediately after the proof was a good proof, even though in the meantime, someone put in a rejection, uh, but this, um, this statement at some point followed when it was a good proof. Okay, agrees with the statement of Rabbi Yoseh that when a Shomet Jom Kenege Jom sees blood, she, she um, saw blood on the first day, she goes to Mikveh in the morning on the second day, she sees blood later on the second day, and all that happens to be the 14th of Nisan, um, that she everything anything she sat on bef before that during the day retroactively is Tameh, only Drabanan, Bandoraita, she's good. Um, how do we know Rabbi Yosha agrees um, with that interpretation of Rabbi Yoseh? 
דתניה, רבי הושעיה אמר, הרואה זב בשביעי שלו סותר את שלפניו, ואמר לרבי יוחנן, לא נסתור אלא יומו. אמן, הוא זב, זב גדול, He saw Zav uh, two, three times in a row, and now he waited seven days, seven clean days. On the very seventh day, when he thought, he was hoping that now he would be clean, um, he sees once again an abnormal discharge. So it breaks all the days that he counted um, uh, according to the Bi'oshaya. That's it, he has to start counting all the way back from one, another seven clean days. Uh, however, the Bi'ochanan says, no, only that day is ruined, and he just has to count one more clean day after that. We ask about the Bi'ochanan, Manafshach isatar kulhu satar ilasatar lo nister ve lo yomo. It doesn't make sense. If it's going to break a day, well then it should break the whole series, right? You need seven days in a row. And if it doesn't break that day for whatever reason, then it should, if it doesn't break seven days, it should not break even one day. The, whole, the days are, are unit. They have to be together. You can't, you can't see six days, clean days, and then skip one, and then see another one. That doesn't work. It doesn't work for Zavah. It doesn't work for Zav. No, rather, what Rabbi Yochanan meant to say is, let it not break any days, not the seven, and not even that very day. Okay, why would Rabbi Yochanan say that? Must be because he says, since in the beginning of that day, beginning of the day means the nighttime, um, after the night, he didn't see, see anything. Therefore, we consider that a full seventh day. And even though, even though later on in the seventh day, he sees something, um, still, he can still continue counting. Now, Vamar Le, Rabbi Yoshaya, who disagreed with Rabbi, with Rabbi Yochanan's opinion, nevertheless commented on Rabbi Yochanan's opinion and said, Rabbi Yoshaya, he, he noted that, oh, you, Rabbi Yochanan, happened to agree with Rabbi Yoshaya. Um, because he also says that when a person is waiting to be Tahor and they see blood, that Tumah is only from then on but the morning before that um, uh, they are considered tahor so and mixatayom kekulo so there you go now if you ask how to be yourself didn't be also say no that the person's is evident from this from this statement that Rabbi Yoshaya that Rabbi Yoshaya considered Rabbi Yosef's statement that person is Tameh Lemafreya to be only retroactively to cause things to be Tameh Midrabanan. Banadoraita level, they have, where they were Tahor and only become Tameh once they see blood from then on. That's why the uh, person who is waiting seven clean days, as long as they were clean in the morning, that's it, they're clean the rest, they're considered clean the rest of the day, even if a new Tumah happens to start later in the day. And Mixatayom Kekulo, if you say Mixatayom Kekulo, now Rabbi Yosheh himself does not agree with it, but he does think that Rabbi Yochanan um, thinks that, well, Rabbi Yochanan does think that, and he also thinks that Rabbi Yosef thinks that. So therefore, Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Yosef would be on the same side as Rav. All right, good. So that concludes that. Now we just have one last question for the Biyoseh. The Biyoseh miktis haba miksat hayom kikulo. Zavagimura demaita korban hechim ashkachad la. According to the Biyoseh, 
how could uh, uh, we agree? Well, agree, fine. He says that part, part of a day is like the whole day. Now the question is, how could you ever have a zimura zava gedola, who would have to bring a korban? In order to be a zava, you have to be see blood for three days in a row. But he just said, so a woman sees blood on the first day. Now on the second day, she, she sees she's going to see blood. But according to you, no, as long as she was tehora, the beginning of the day, then that's it. She's out of the woods. And the fact that she sees blood again the second day, that's a new, a new, a new series. So that even if she sees uh, blood, during the Zava period, those 11 days, not during the Da period. Um, even if she sees blood every day, every day is a new day. It's like Groundhog Day all over again. And it's not connected to the day before. And so she can never actually see three days in a row. Right? Because as long as she sees at some point in the middle of the day, the first half of the day counts for her clean day. And then she's good. And so she can never be um, she can never be a zava gedola. We have two answers. Maybe she's actually bleeding continuously for three days straight. There is no break. If there's no break, then we can't count anything as miksatayom kikulo. That's kind of far, far-fetched. Or a more possible uh, 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 scenario is that she sees blood um, on uh, 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 around the time of sunset, so that she sees blood a little bit before sunset. That's going to count as the first day that she said, that she uh, saw blood, and then she goes it through uh, uh, through from sunset until it gets dark. She's bleeding that whole time for whatever it is, half hour, and so therefore at the beginning of that day. She already stained, and so you can't say. And there's no, there is no mixatem kekolo that part of the day she was tehora. She was not tehora at any part of the day. And let's say she goes for the rest of the day, she's just fine. But then, just before sunset on the second day, she starts bleeding again, and into the 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 when, when it gets dark on into the third day and so then there was no point on at the beginning of the second day or the beginning of the third day in which she was teme'a at the beginning of those days so you'd never get a chance to say mixatem kikulo so that would be yet another case where you have a zava gedola turns out according to this that um uh, you would have uh, be hard pressed to find a case um, uh, or a, uh, that would be very, very common of a Zava Gedola, and that would be um, a, actually a great leniency if we followed that. All right, Hadran Alach, Hareni Nazir, Chazakim Uberuchim.